Okay. I, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into our lesson, okay? I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into our lesson, all right? Let's pray. Dear God, um, I just thank you for this time together where we get to come and have fun and, um, you know, get mad at rules and try to uh, get the grog out um, and, and just uh, bond together and be who we are. Um, would you, as we spend this time together, would you just create um, in us hearts and, and would you just make us into people who you um, have always uh, created us to be? Um, would you build us up in love and care for one another um, and also show us more of you? We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so our series is over. Our series is over of Jesus for everyone everywhere, but it's still true that Jesus is for everyone everywhere. And... Um, before we get into the actual lesson, I just want to mention something that I'm going to mention every week from now on. Does anyone know the mission of our of the Hope Student Ministry? Okay, close. Does, real people, real God, real risks. But that that was close, but not exactly it. The mission, the mission. That's part of it. That is that is a part of it. Yes. Anyone know? Anyone who is at high school Bible study on Monday know? Last Monday. Last Monday. This is the mission of the Hope Student Ministry, okay? It's welcoming all students as they are so that they might encounter the real God in every part of their lives, okay? It's welcoming all students as they are so that they might encounter the real God in every part of their lives. Okay, so as we, as we do our lessons, as we are just um, hanging out, everything that we do is going to be part of our mission, okay? Whether it's just playing games and it's just us being our real selves, whether it's us being here, meeting the real God as we talk and learn, all, all of this, as new students come in and we get to welcome them, all of this is part of our mission, is to welcome all students as they are so that they might encounter the real God, the real living God in every part of their lives, okay? That's, that's who we are as, as a student ministry, okay? I'm going to start mentioning that every week, and it's probably going to get annoying, but I think it's really important for all of us to know, all right? So uh, until, until Christmas, until well, a little bit before Christmas, when we do kind of our Christmas series, we're just going to have a few weeks of me sharing, maybe some other people sharing, uh, just w random things. Not random things, but just there's not really a series, okay? Um, today, in high school Bible study, if you're there, we're in the book of Mark, so we're going to be in a passage from Mark, okay? Um, have, you guys, have you guys ever, like, noticed something and you're like, that is not as it seemed at first, or like, that's not how I thought it was? Okay, uh, one time when I, well, not many times, but this is just one time an example. I have a friend, his name is Eli Purse. Okay, if you ever meet him, you can, you can say hi to him and stuff and, and really just dig into him about this. But he, he loves kind of, I don't even know how to say it, but one time I was, have you guys ever had pho before? It's like a Vietnamese soup. Yes. Okay, yes. it's very good. There's this pho place where in Phoenix, that I, that where my college is, and my friend Eli he says, he says, Silas, Jacob, he says to me and my other friend, hey, you guys want to come get, uh, you guys want to come to this food place with me? It's just going to be like me and one other person at this food place. And me and my other friend, we didn't really like big groups and like being with a lot of people that we didn't know. And so we're like, oh, Eli and one other person, a couple other people, that's not bad at all. That's really cool. So we like, we're like, yeah, we'll go. So we get in Eli's car, we drive to this um, food place, and we're like, we show up and there's just one other guy there. And then we're sitting at our table. And all of a sudden, one other person walks in and sits down at our table. We're like, okay, two people. Yeah, that's, that's what Eli, Eli told us it's going to be a small group. Five people is like a pretty small group, right? Okay, and then we're in the middle of this pho restaurant, and all of a sudden, two more people walk in. 
and sit down at our table that we don't know. Eli knows him. And we're like, okay, seven. That's like more than, you know, that's not something that Eli, Eli would do this. Tell us there's going to be like four people and, sh- and seven show up, okay? And, and then all of a sudden, two more people and three more people and four people. And all of a sudden, there's 19 of us sitting in this star restaurant, in this small little restaurant eating together. And me and my friend Jacob are like, that is not what we thought was going to happen. <laughs> that, that was not as it seemed. Eli totally totally tricked us there. He totally rewrote, rewrote the story. He either lied to us or he just started inviting people as we were sitting down. All right. Um, I think there's something similar that Jesus does. Jesus and God, they constantly show us, Jesus constantly shows us that things are not as we always think they are. Okay. Um, here's one example. God entered the world, the mighty, powerful God entered the world did he enter it as like a mighty warrior spirit being, or did he enter it as a little baby? As a little baby, right? I mean, the, the, the Israelites, yes? I don't know how much he weighed. Um, the Israelites were waiting, the Israelites were waiting for this mighty, this mighty warrior to come rescue them, and all of a sudden there's this little baby, this little helpless baby who needed his mom and dad to sustain him, to keep him alive, right? Like that is not what we thought was going to happen. Um, and then, and then it even goes on. Like, like Jesus tells us, the first will be last, and the last will be first, right? But we are so caught up in being first, right? Like, I, I went to a soccer game the other day, and they, and they made it um, onto the final round, and I'm like, oh yes, if they win, if they win, they'll be in first place. They'll win. They'll be first. Like, we are so obsessed with being first, right? But Jesus tells us the first will be last, and the last will be first. He's changing it up on us. And even we're in the book of Mark, and even before this passage in Mark, um, we read about Jesus who is touching and healing people that the whole world won't touch and heal. These lepers who are, who are outcasts, Jesus actually goes towards them and he touches them. And people must be like, that is not what he's supposed to do. That is not as it seems, as, as it should be. And he's even breaking like traditional Sabbath laws. Him and his disciples are out picking grain on the Sabbath and the Pharisees are like, this is not what you're supposed to do. This is not what you're supposed to do. And, he, and he's calling the outcasts and he's calling the poor to follow him when really in, in, our, in our minds, we... If we had a team, we want the best and strongest people, right? But Jesus, before this, he picks fishermen, just lowly fishermen. He picks a tax collector that no one likes. He picks these people that, that no one likes, the outcasts. That's who he picks. Jesus is constantly, even, even here before this passage in Mark, he's constantly showing us that things are not as they seem. As they seem. Things are not as they seem. And the reality that we know right now of the world is not actually the future reality that is going to be. God God is actually transforming this world into a more whole, loving, and welcoming place. And in this passage today that we're reading today in Mark, it's a, um, we are going to see that one way of how Jesus is teaching us that things are not as they seem. Okay? Things are not as they seem. So, right, some quick background in this passage. We're in Mark 3. Um, and in this passage before this, Jesus is teaching this big crowd of people. And in Jesus' family are starting to get worried about him because they're like, there's this big crowd of people around him. Jesus is probably, he's not safe. These people are closing in on him and they're worried about him. They're like, Jesus is crazy. He's a crazy person. Like, why is he doing this for all these people? He needs to take care of himself. These people don't have anything to eat, it says. They don't have anything to eat. And so his family's like, why, why is he out here like with all these hungry people and he's just teaching them? Um, and so Jesus' family actually comes and tries to get him. And that's where we are in this passage, okay? We're in Mark 3, um, you can just listen along. Mark 3, 31 through 35. This is what it says, okay? Jesus' family is trying to come get him from this large group of people. So it says, Jesus' mother and his brothers came, 
And standing outside, they sent word to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him and told him, Look, your mother, your brothers, and your sisters are outside asking for you. And then Jesus replies to them. Jesus replies to these people saying that your family is looking for you. He says, who are my mother and my brothers? He's getting kind of philosophical, kind of, kind of weird, right? He's not like, oh, my mother, my brothers. He says, who are my mother and brothers? He asks his questions. And then looking at those sitting in a circle, kind of like we're all sitting in a circle, right? Looking at them, he sits in a circle around him, and he says, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Yeah. Yes. Jesus, Jesus flips this. So today we're going to talk about how Jesus, how family, the idea of family is actually not as it seems in a lot of ways. Okay. And so one thing I need to clarify, I don't think Jesus, Jesus isn't trying to tell us here. He's not trying to tell all of us that we should just forget our family, not care about them and not respect them and not love our family. He's not trying to say that. Okay. Respect your family, love your family, those, your, your blood family, those who are close to you, love them, respect them. Okay. Care for them. Um, but he's actually showing us something. He's also showing us that family is bigger. Family is bigger than we tend to think. Okay? The idea of family um, is not actually as it seems, but it is bigger, it's more full, more, more inclusive, more welcoming than we tend to think. Okay? Jesus, Jesus looks around him, right? Just like we're sitting in a circle. Jesus looks around him and he says, these are my mother and my brother and my sisters. The people sitting around him who are talking with him who are spending time with him, who are listening to him, just those people listening to him and spending time with him. And he says, this is my family, those who know me, those people who know me, who are spending time with me, um, and, who, and who he knows, who he's sitting with and who he's getting to know. And then he goes on in verse 35 and he says, whoever does the will of God um, is, is my family. Whoever does the will of God. And I think one, one way that we can kind of translate that, whoever does the will of God, I think in a similar way, just as he looks around to these familiar people and he says, this is my family, He's saying, whoever does the will of God, whoever, whoever knows me, whoever spends time with me, whoever has a relationship with me, that is my family. It's not something that, Jesus had, had brothers and sisters, like uh, born by blood, right? But he, he says, he makes it bigger. He says, not just them, but those, everyone who knows me and who I know, that is my family. This is, this is my family. Everyone who has a relationship with him. And I think this is really great news for everyone here, Okay. This is really great news for all of you and for me as well. Um, because maybe, maybe some of you have a really hard time with your family, right? Maybe, maybe not all the time, but I think we all have hard times with our family at some point or another. Um, but maybe, maybe you're missing part of your family because maybe they left or maybe you have someone who passed away who was part of your family, who you really loved, and your family feels like, like it's empty now in a sort of way. Um, or maybe you've been really hurt by people in your family, like really, really hurt by people in your family. Um, and, or maybe you feel like you don't even have a family. Maybe in some ways you really don't feel like you even have, have a family. And the reason this is such great news for you is because things are not as they seem. Jesus is telling us that things are not as they seem. But you have a family. Um, Jesus opens his arms wide to all of you. He opens his arms wide to all of you. Um, and he makes you his brother and his sister. Jesus makes you his brother and his sister just by knowing him, just by him knowing you. There is family for each and every one of you guys with Jesus. All right? There's family for you guys with Jesus. But I think also we have to talk about what makes a family a family. Anyone? What makes a family a family? Things families do for one another.
They love one another. A good family, right? They love one another. What else do they do? Support one another. And remember, yes, Luke? They grow. They grow together. Yes. They challenge each other. Uh -huh. they, they want the best for one another. What did you say? Family game night, is that what you said? Yeah. They have family. They spend time together, right? They just spend time together. They spend time together. Um, and I think, so oftentimes, right, th these are all things that, that families do, that families should do, right? And oftentimes, um, like, family members spend their lives together, right? Oftentimes, and even in the old times, or even now, like, once, once family members die, there's often, like, a grave where families are buried together. It's not just that they're living together, but they're buried together. And I think something amazing here, not, not all the time, but that, that is a thing, that is true. Um, the, the amazing thing is that Jesus invites us into his family to live with him, to spend time with him, to be supported by him, to be changed by him and challenged by him, to have game night with him in ways to spend time and have fun with him. But also he invites us to live with him, but he also invites us to die with him. He invites us to die with him, right? As Jesus went up and he died on the cross so that our relationship with God might be repaired and healed and restored. But it doesn't just end there. Jesus also invites us to new life with him after death. Jesus invites us to new life. He invites us to live with him now. He invites us to, to die, in a sense. And there, there's a lot behind that. But he invites us to new life, to be changed, to have a whole, vibrant, restored life. Um, and each of you is invited into that. He opens his arms wide for each and every one of you guys for that. But I think one last thing, that we can, we can know this for ourselves. We can know that we are part of Jesus' family. But we also need to know this for others, too. We need to be a people who are welcoming to others who say, come know Jesus. His arms are open wide for you, right? Like one of the, one of the missions of our, of our student ministry is to be welcoming, right? Welcoming all students as they are. That part of how we can be welcoming to students is by showing that Jesus' arms are open wide for each and every one of them. Jesus' arms are open wide for each and every one of you guys and for everyone else who you know. His arms are open wide and he's inviting them to know him, to be a part of his family, to be a part of your family right? To be a part of our family. All right? All right, let's pray, and then we will break up into small groups, okay? God, we, uh, we thank you. We thank you for opening your arms wide to us. Um, when we did nothing, when we could do nothing to earn this right to be part of a family, to be part of your family, um, you open your arms wide to us so that we might have um, have you, who will restore all things, make all things new, even make us new. We pray that even though we live in a reality now that is broken, maybe um, our families are broken in ways we live in this reality, um, we just pray that you would remind us that things are not as they seem, but you are restoring all things, making all things whole um, in us and in this world. We thank you for this. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.